up, hobby perverts? It's the king perverts, the brothers Adam. <laughs> where where am uh, I? Back, back where are we? Uh, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, what have you been up to this week? I know it's. I know it's hot. Yeah, hot. it's fucking hot. Um, but that's good. I took Poncho for a long walk. Um, mm. the day before it got super hot. Because I keep seeing people walk their dogs, like elderly-ass dogs. You do not need to walk your elderly dog on a 100-degree day at noon. Like, he can either piss or shit right in front of your house or on your floor. Like, you do not need to take his little dainty paws across the ground and dry him out. Man, it's too hot for that shit. But, um, but no, we've been been doing some walking. Um, Saw a couple movies back in the movie vibe. Claire and I have been to the theater a couple times I've been, now been into that vibe yeah too lately we yeah. saw um we we went to the first we went to the first uh viewing of Gran Turismo in Chicago that you could go to um and it actually oh, wow. yeah, it's actually a pretty decent movie um I'll, I'll I be believe like, it's Gran Turismo based on a true story isn't based it? on a true story title? it's a true story um yeah. and uh no it actually like it's uh, there's a lot of corny stuff and they definitely water a lot of the racing stuff down, but it's, it is a touching story. It's funny. I teared up. Claire teared up. Mm, it was, wow. it was like a good use of our time. I did forget. That's not, not what I expected from the review. Oh, I, no, I, te- I like, I, <laughs> I tear up regularly anymore cause I have so much repressed COVID shit. Um, I'm just like ready to feel something, but yeah. No, it was it was pretty good. I but I did forget that since it was the like preview showing on the weekend, mm-hmm. there was like an interview beforehand and I was like, Oh god, mm-hmm. Claire's gonna kill me. We have to like sit through yeah. a fifteen minute interview where people like there's a the guy show me the last good pro- practical effect action movies, thrillers yeah. you can. Uh that's good stuff. Um so that's been good. Yeah. We've got uh we're up to like seventy butterflies released now 70 to 80 butterflies the ones we're having like releasing soon should be going to mexico or texas or whatever so the king of butterflies yeah they're so sick um they are yeah the caterpillars are i almost stepped on a caterpillar in the trail and i saved him or her or that are they gendered um or sex sex i guess i'm sure butterflies don't have a concept of sex well, but or of, of gender but they but they have yeah they do have butterfly sexes yeah the um okay like the, well i saved the they them butterfly if you, find, from... if you find a monarch look on the the bottom of the wing and if one of the little black veins has kind of like a, a little dot in it then it's a male uh-huh. the males have like a little dot in their pattern and then if it's a swallowtail, you tell whether or not it has predominantly yellow or predominantly blue at the base mm. of its tail. So anyway, I mean, they're all super pretty, and I love them all, but the the monarch caterpillars are just the cutest fucking thing. That's a really Definitely. nice thing. But yeah, otherwise, we've been Definitely. staying pretty cool, getting back into playing Gran Turismo. Um, Got to get the office cleaned up. I've been doing some Konmari. Getting shit out, cleaning shit up as I save yourself, but making some room, going to get the racing back going gotta catch up with Tim Tim's been crushing and winning races so gotta get that back in line and then uh, we've been doing the we've been doing the writing workshops cool to write and share with your friends and get feedback and just absolutely have people to help you want to write anything at all um, so yeah you you it's like uh, you just need Robin Williams to come stand on the desk for you 
willing to take the and to take the blame when somebody dies. Or yes. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Val Kilmer is around. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't really seen that movie. I just I, I watched just it know. like I, watched in, I think I watched it in the winter one night while I yeah. was tie dyeing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. My, uh, my pedagogy, like as a professor and in academia, because I like research and teach psychology. Well, obviously, just, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I spent like two more years in like academia as a as somebody who was paid by it, and I was just like, fuck, this is you know. There's that period where you're just could shake up some get people that's, get the yeah, people thinking that, um, that's true yeah that's what you that, that's a, a very alluring sirens call yeah. and then i taught three <laughs> then i taught three classes and it was just like no you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna wake it that's cool yeah you just like sit on you just, uh, just sit around and like talk is a blast that was my favorite part of call what do you think? um what have i been doing i kind of went well, I went on vacation, friend of the show, old my old co-host Nathan. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool because that's you know kind of his professional hobby, um, and he got a lot of validation, and I think he did very good. Oh. Uh, yeah, he 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 got he got quite like the full like you know deaf comedy jam, like dude standing <laughs> up and hooting. But yeah, no, but he did get some big. He got some big pops from the crowd, uh, so that was cool to see him. Like, you know how you know see him how, do like, that. Yeah, that's because true. Because exactly, the yeah. no, you can't be. The left has no humor. I was disappointed Nathan never confronted. Um, you know, I mean, he, yeah, I hate to say this about a good friend, but you know, sure. and that's what that's what comedy is about. Um, well, I mean, but not, you know, not other... everybody's ready to go up against. You know, getting shadow banned on Twitter. Your metrics yes. go down. Woke is a lot to go up against. But no, it was pretty cool because I also got to meet a lot of other people who do comedy and, uh, you know, have a passion for something. Uh, it was it was fun. We went and shot some guns uh, with, with some of them, which was, a, which was a blast. It poured rain on us and... Some some of them some of them city boys were a little comp- little whiny about the rain, but you know. <laughs> well, see, that's what I've always but, said is that you know people are like me. Exactly. Um. But yeah, no. Um. So yeah, that was that was also it was also nice because the weather. Oh, yeah. Um. At like regular, not at six thirty. Still don't enjoy that. I yeah. I do go to bed at a normal time, which was one of my goals of getting into a regular schedule. But yeah, I still hate running in the morning i'd rather i just i was just so stiff and dehydrated but anyway so that was cool i did why I did are you so dehydrated miles. hold on why are you so dehydrated hey, get dehydrated at night because you're not drinking water have for eight you, hours have you, have you not seen the like um it's just a gradient brother of, like i wake up and i piss clear still and i still am dried okay. out all right but it, the, yeah, the I, chart basically like at the top like when it starts getting brown it's just yes. like at this point you're a bad teammate and you're letting your yeah, you're letting exactly. your boys down <laughs> Um, no, so, um, pretty fun. Uh, everybody was really support on the trails, which was cool. Um, not to say that they're not really here, but that you, I run on the trail for a much less amount of time. So, but it was like kind of cool. Like I passed the guy going one way and then came back the other way and he was going, you know, back the other direction. And he was like, gave me a big like thumbs up and like, cause I probably, I've upgraded Asheville. I don't think that they should test. Oh, nice. uh, 
hydrogen bombs there any longer nice. on the pop. I yeah, you know, I'm willing I'm willing to just have them quarantined uh, from general population. <laughs> I, at this I point. mean, I think so. at a at a flat level, it should be protected. Is the the yes? I didn't get to go to the museum. I wanted wow. to, and that's when we ended up going. To, um, but yeah, yeah. So I did that. I have been back in the world of fake Facebook Marketplace selling cars because uh, my neighbor needed me to sell. Really wish I hadn't agreed to do that. Um, cause on top of the messages that you get, I haven't gotten any like the Cadillac at least yet. Uh, <laughs> no pictures, with, no of pictures long... of, of, of old man surgery scars or anything. Yeah, anything no. If, for those who, I can't remember if I told this story on the show, but basically long story short, this guy kind of like dragged me along on buying the Cadillac and trading it for a, a Mercedes SL, um, from the eighties. And, uh, and he kept sending me pictures. But, you know, now I have to deal with also the person selling it. And it's like, oh, have you, you know, can you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, she wants me to, like, install parts on the car. And I'm like, that's not going to affect the sale. I'm not doing that. Like, I'm like, because it's, I need to, yes, I need to change the brakes on the Miata uh, at some point. I might do that this, this weekend. But, yeah, no, um, yeah, kind of kind of just been relaxing. Really getting into the running, honestly. It's it, I've, I was having some injuries. Uh, I was having a problem with my shoe on my foot, and it was like giving me some foot. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but uh, but yeah, I was getting some foot pains, and uh, and I actually was like legitimately bummed that I couldn't run. Like, which is yeah. I like looking at the numbers go up, and when they don't go up anymore, it like bumps me. Out. <laughs> I mean, it, once you once you stop, it's so hard to get back to it. Cause like when you're, yeah. when you're in the, when you're in the mode where you're like, I'm going on an hour long run, it's no big deal. And even like the, the part that sucks of like getting ready and just going out the door is just like easy enough. But once you stop doing that, then it's just fucking over. It's, it's takes so long to get back up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not so much. I was just like legitimately like, man, I really, I really like going. Like I like taking the dog out and we have a good time and, um, so the heat has also been kind of making it harder. Yeah. Um, I have to do 12 and a half miles this week and, uh, in a single run. And it's probably going to be like, it, I think it said the low for the entire day, which was at like six thirty seven, is 75. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so not, not, not great. Um, so, um, <laughs> I would, but yeah, no, I would pay for 75 cool. right now. I think it'll be yeah. tomorrow. Um, well, that, that's 75 at the butt crack of fucking dawn. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I have been kind of getting into a bit of the like fueling strategy and trying to like maximize my training, uh, as I prepare for the marathon is in two and a half months. Oh. So, um, yeah, so. So uh, I've been kind of starting to plan strategy. My sister is doing the Chicago Marathon, which oh, nice. is a month before mine. So it's like been nice. We text a lot and kind of share strategies um, of what's been working. Um, so that that's going to be fun. Uh, we're we're going to go out there and support her for that and watch her and throw a party. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm like I, I'm I'm pretty excited uh, for the race. I have. I haven't run a race since I was uh, probably 14. So, yeah. Yeah. so 
I'm excited. I'm doing another one right before it. That's a trail run. Uh, so I can kind of get used to doing a race. Uh, and it like matched up with my training and it's an area that I like to hike a lot. So, uh, I'm going to kind of use that as like, okay, like, you know, get used to like how the flow of the whole thing works and what it's like to run when there's a bajillion people all at the start. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's a, I mean, it's a, um, I think it's a good thing to, to get involved in something somewhat competitive on a level, whether it's just like, even like a fuck off league at, at this point, like it's, it's good to have at least competitive enough that you want to improve, I think is, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's mostly for myself. Like, the sure. running is almost entirely. And I think I've decided now that I'm, like, trying to – now that I'm at a point that I'm kind of like, okay, I think my first goal is run the marathon, and I'm feeling pretty confident that I'm going to do that. I'm going to run a whole marathon. And I'm kind of, like, thinking about, like, what I want to do after that. And I'm like, I think just judging from watching how people have to do the stuff to run faster marathons – I don't know how much I really want to get into that. Um, like watching my nutrition and train, you know, all that, all that shit. And I'm kind of like, I think my goal is I'm just going to see what's the longest distance I could run. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think I'm going to run another marathon in April and then possibly do a 50 K in October instead of another marathon. That's so the thing that I always found interesting in, like distance running was that like at a certain point distance running is like the best as far as it's exercise goal outside of running for just getting better at distance running. Um, and there's a point where it's just like, if you just want to do cardio, you just do hit or fart lick or whatever. And right. You can yeah. Get your, you can get the amount, like an hour's worth of cardio in like 20 minutes. Um, but getting the stamina and being able to do that is actually a very incredible feeling. Like I wish I could get back to God, 10, it was 10 years ago now. No, 12 years. Fuck. 12 years ago, I would just go out and run for an hour after trying to sell motorcycles and not being able to get a single person financed because they had been bankrupt two or three times and their co-signer as well. Yeah. Yeah. like I mean I will say if you're trying to get into it like you'll go I think if you take the correct amount of time to build to the goal you'll get there a lot faster than you think um like I feel really like it's easy I mean not easy but I could regularly run a 10k like very very easily at this point like that like I could walk out with a day at rest and just run like a sub hour 10 K um, right now, which, you know, when I started running four miles was like, I was like dying. Yeah. I was like pushing, I was like dragging ass at the end and that, so 10 K six miles. So, um, so yeah. And now it's like, Oh, six miles is like, Oh shit. Like that's kind of like, you know, now I'm like kind of hitting the groove. Um, I wouldn't say I ever hit the high. I just hit, <laughs> I hit a point where I'm just like, yeah, this isn't that bad. Like, you know, like, like I'm outside. It's nice. I have the dog. You know, I'm listening to a podcast or whatever, listening to some music. And, I, you know, and it's nice. It's just like when I rode bikes a lot, you just are so much more intimate to the area that you live in. Yeah. Um. So, like, I like now I get to take kind of, like, now I'm like, oh, I've never really noticed that house or I've never really noticed, 
this intersection or these trees or whatever and it's like it's just kind of nice to be like having that kind of time to yourself I mean, that's, that's to just like I really reflect miss the commute um because like i used to like a, a decade ago when i was posting every day on my commute to my temp job it was like i knew every drop of ooze at the subway station right and i, and I yeah, documented yeah. it from every angle and people would know to send me pictures of ooze that they saw but it was like it was I, it was very zen to me like i i would notice the like wig hair that's blowing down fullerton avenue and i would like track it for a week as it finally blew across halstead <laughs> and then got caught in the fence and it was just like that was a very important to me or like the, i mean really the thing that like that people would probably understand as being beautiful was like i would watch the ducklings hatch and the goslings hatch yeah. And like be That's like, fun. oh shit, she's on she's on the nest here under the bridge, and then like watch it happen, um, or see like when the first mergansers came through, like heading back to the north, and like spring was breaking, and you know it's yeah, there something has to trick you into thinking that the world around you is beautiful. Well, it is if you have the time to reflect on it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like, I mean, you don't need to. I think that's what's so hard is. Well, you're right, but I know that's just what's, like, hard, I think, you know, when you're just rushing around in a car, and obviously I love yeah. to drive my car, but, <clears throat> you know, you miss, like, I don't know, I you just miss stuff. I mean, I know I'm even, you know, I'm obviously going to neighborhoods that I've never drive down, well, this you is know, the, and seen. This is the argument for the Sunday drive. Um, yes. It's, like, when you talk about, like, going for a drive... You don't have to go for a drive, but, like, if you wanted to go for a drive, like, sometimes you just, you don't have a plan of where to go. You just run around. Yeah, yeah. Or, or go somewhere where you can do something interesting. Like, in Peoria, you would go to the Wonder Dog, get a bag full of hot dogs with um, all of the meat sauce and onions and mustard and some fries and a shake, and then you go sit at Grandview Drive, and you look for 20 miles up the river. And, like, that's your drive for the day. You just go, you're like, you know what, I'm going to go eat and look at that, and that's fun. But I, I think, few, like, less and less people have more open-ended <laughs> plans to go do things. Like, you don't yeah. have to know exactly where you're going to go or what you're going to do. Just head out somewhere with the plan to enjoy your day. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely something that's nice to, to take some time to – you know, especially like with the cars, like, I mean, that, that was always nice when I could have the Cadillac running with no right. worries. <laughs> and like, yeah. so I would just go drive it around for an hour and, and, and just, you know, sit on my relaxing couch that, yeah. that doesn't go too God. fast. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, it's just, it, it's been nice. Uh, like I, I said, I'd never do this, but I'm kind of thinking about going on group runs and stuff and maybe meeting people. I, I just, I, I just always am wary of meeting people who uh, whose like hobby is solely working out. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna message Sarah. I'm not gonna text Sarah and be like, "Hey, I'm worried about Adam." Until you get into CrossFit, like that's my that's my point. Yeah. If you get in a climbing gym, if you're going running, I, I don't give a fuck about that. That's fine. That's like normal and fun. But if you get in a CrossFit gym, we're having an intervention. Yeah, I know. I'd never do a CrossFit gym, but 
Like at that point, well, just, uh, at that point, just get a construction oh, yeah. job. Yeah. Just yeah. get a fucking yeah. construction job. You want to pretend to lift a shovel? Go do it. Piece of shit. That, that might, yeah, that might be happening soon enough. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll see. I'll see you yeah. after, man. Yeah, the way the economy is. Uh, but yeah, well, why don't we? Uh, why don't we uh, cut to our, our very fun interview? Yeah, we'll be uh, right back with our good friend Melanie. Okay, everybody, we are here with Melanie. Melanie joining us from beautiful Vancouver, um, where I assume it's not 100 degrees um, with a miserable dew point. Uh, like the rest of the entire middle of America. Um, Melanie is our, our dear friend from online. You may know her from uh, the Rabbit Year zine. You may know her from posting. Uh, you may know her from meeting her in person. I don't really know. Um, I forget what the podcast is. Not, my, CJ not is my problem. Not my problem. <laughs> yeah, you know her. There's no one's yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, hello. Welcome. Thanks for. Hi. Thanks on. for having me. Yeah. Um, First of all, it's actually like smoky out here because there was a bunch of wildfires. Right. It's terrible. Um, yeah, right, right at the end of summer. Not good. I hear everyone's everyone's talking about this climate change thing. What's oh, up with that? Uh, wow. Well, I don't know. We what's don't the know. Deal with climate change. Yeah, it's either good or it's bad. It's fifty. Yeah. So we'll we'll have to see. You know, I call it climate growth. You know. Why is that? Well, you know, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's growing outward yeah. you in know, a bad you know, way. Change is growth. So, you know, you, you, have with it, you didn't have a second thought. Uh, well, that's usually I guess the and issue. <laughs> you, started, um, you started running and now you've got no riffs. I ran off a cliff there on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're, um, of course, anytime I talk to anybody about this, they're always like, I don't know, I don't really do anything, blah, 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 like, yeah. which is always wrong. It's always just like, um, which, I mean, I guess the good news is that like, we're surrounded by people that are humble, <laughs> at least so that we're like, everybody we know isn't like, oh yeah, I'm like one of the, the best doers and tinkerers in, in the world. I'm, yeah. I'm the best at this shit. Um, but you mean, oh, that'd be cool though. You should get one of those on. You know, like a tinker, know. an actual tinker. <laughs> you could get like, yeah, like it's like there, there used to be a job title like inventor. You know, and, you know, never meet <laughs> yeah. that guy anymore. Like my my friend's dad. That's like I I you know I was like, what does your dad do? He was like, oh, he was an inventor. I'm like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> he was like the dad from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. So like there was like there was a guy in my childhood neighborhood who made his million I, that was the number i was always given was a million what he did was he invented the mailbox where uh, a car couldn't destroy it this is a problem for <laughs> middle america is that cars destroy your mailbox yeah. kids vegans, yeah. bad drivers and so what he did is he literally just welded a spring to the base <gasps> of the mailbox and into the no. and I, I had one at my like childhood home and my buddies and I would stand out front and like slam it on the ground and let it swing back and forth. 
Um, oh my god! Better have made that noise. He had a he had a sick house on the creek, nice nice big ranch house, and made a million. I've dollars. never seen those. That's like a cartoon yes. kind yeah, of like, thing, like I, a Looney Tunes thing. Made a million dollars in in total obscurity because I've never heard of that. Yeah, me yeah. neither. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and you know, and um, from working at Groupon and seeing the types of like discount stuff that gets. Um, shipped over in shipping containers it's just like mm. um i don't know it, like inventor now reminds me of like in uh like in all the vonnegut stuff his alter ego is a guy who like writes science fiction in the back of the porno magazine yeah because it's just like something nobody cares about and that's inventors now is it's just like you invent flex seal and like <laughs> no one like no one respects you for coming up with flex yeah. seal you know i i do think that there are some people who have this idea like this archaic notion of the inventor though and they're constantly trying to come up with patents i feel like that's a yeah that's like a boomer guy thing probably so. <laughs> yeah those commercials you remember like back in the day they'd be like are you an inventor like help us like let us help you get your patent yeah. and all that stuff. wow and, yeah. and they would just steal your idea if it was actually good <laughs> And sell it on like TV yeah. uh, shopping. Like, oh network. yeah, sorry, that patent already exists. Like someone filed it a week before you <laughs> mentioned it. I mean, I do think it's non-zero that like every person has at least part of an idea that's a million-dollar idea. I mean, million dollars is nothing mm-hmm. now. It's like a thousand dollars ten years ago. It's, it's like I don't know. Inflation it's true. Crazy. You don't need a very good idea. It doesn't yeah, have to be very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that's really generous of you, but then like yeah, you factor in the inflation. Yeah. No, but I mean, it, even, even people who are um, not fully together, like, at least understand, like, their experience of their own life. Mm-hmm. And they're like, doesn't it suck that the male person comes to your door? And you're like, well, I don't know. Does that suck? And they're like, what if it was different? And you're like, holy shit, what do you mean? <laughs> Did you just invent the P.O. box? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. No, and then they just invented Amazon, which is a different kind of male guy that brings stuff to your door. <laughs> so now there's, like, multiple male yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah, there's too many male guys now. <laughs> but anyway, it's, I mean, it's one of the, uh, I don't know why we don't view it this way. Like, being the UPS guy is, like, that's, that should be, like, the pinnacle of our society is, like, the worshippers <laughs> of consumerism. Like, what's better than the UPS guy walking through a blizzard to bring you a new iPhone. Uh, look at I mean, look yeah, at Yeah, and they're wearing their shorts. They brought me a new iPhone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And they're and they're wow. young and they get paid well. Yeah, yeah. They're, I think yeah. they're they're going through that right now. Yeah, they're they're definitely yeah. union FedEx is not. But but anyhow, um when you're not inventing things, um you actually <laughs> do invent things. I mean you're you're working on recipes and, and doing stuff um through the Patreon and doing the zine. Um and yeah. I know you, I, mean, I know you love cooking anyhow, but how did you come to deciding to, to put that together uh, and bring that out to other people? Was that something people were coming to you in DMs about, or did you have the idea that you had wanted to do that before? Um, so, yeah, I feel like most people kind of in the online space would know me for cooking stuff. Um, and that hasn't really been something that I've done publicly for very long so it's only been like a couple years maybe probably only posting about the food i make since 2020 like when lockdown was happening um like my parents don't even know that i cook like that (laughs) like they just have no idea um but no i've always kind of like been into making stuff since i was a little kid so like anything to do with my hands i would be like crafting 
making stuff. Um, did a lot of like bead work and stuff like that. Anything that's like tiny and like detail oriented, I would always do. Um, and then as it got older, like when I moved out of my parents' place, you know, after college and stuff, when you have to fend for yourself, you have to cook for yourself. Um, that's when things kind of started to come together for me. Like I was not as good of a cook as I, uh, am now definitely not like I've learned so much even in the last like three years um but yeah and then zines like I really have always wanted to like take photos of food I used to want to be a prop stylist for a long time mm -hmm. that was before Instagram though and then Instagram kind of made that sure. not a real job <laughs> but I don't know it's just become yeah. so ubiquitous that it yeah, I don't know I just um, could not it anymore you're not taking um beautiful photos for a cookbook anymore you're like showing yeah. up with a light box and like a canon rebel so that it can go on an instagram yeah. photo <laughs> or, or like a, a 30 photo, yeah a story. <laughs> yeah like a 30 second video like yeah. and then people will never think about it ever again i find that so scary yeah. um yeah. it's just like that's not how i want to like interact with yeah stuff that, that i make space. Yeah, that that really just got like destroyed when they started making those move those videos where it was like people throwing shit into the fucking oh, no. pan and whatnot. <laughs> you know, like I worked at this, I worked at like a wine manufacturer and uh, from when I internship, and they were like obsessed that we needed to do those. And so oh like, because I was just an intern, I wasn't, I was an intern. I just, I was supposed to be programming computers, but they had me down there like fucking throwing shit into. Fucking oh my god, that's so stupid. I'm the guy that invented dropping the hamburger ingredients one by one. Exactly, yeah. Um, that's your $1 idea. Um, but you know, like, yeah, like it really, that's a really good point that it's like, it's so like ethereal in it. Like, no one's gonna watch that to get a, like, get a recipe or whatever, you know, out of it. Um, and, so like having something yeah like you're doing more tangible I I think kind of it, it honors honors and and delights more. I did some really I think warm you, oh lighting. thank you. <laughs> I did some really warm lighting pictures of um I was just like pouring myself a mezcal and finishing the bottle and I was like oh I should take a picture of this bottle I love this mezcal. But I did like super warm lighting on it and basically styled it like the stuff in my um I have a Playboy um, like hosting guide has Playboy recipes from the seventies, <laughs> so it's just nice. like you know, like here's how to make gelatin, everything. Mm -hmm. um, but like, oh, I love but that. The, but the pictures are uh, like just like beautiful, super warm film photography. Oh, I love that stuff. Um, yeah, and it's like let's do that. Like everything's so light box washed out. Yeah, it. I mean, I think it started with food blog photography. Um, I, I've been reading, this is, I, I just feel like I've been tracking this for the last, like, 15 to 20 years, because I, um, I started reading food blogs, like, right after high school, and it's such, like, mm -hmm. an older person thing to do, but I, I noticed the trend of, like, yeah, that, the DSLR photos, very high-def styled photos, um, for the food blog space, and then those food bloggers would get cookbook deals from their popular food blogs, and then eventually, like, a lot of that stuff moved into, like, video space and Instagram stories and things. Like, publishers, like, cookbook publishers would 
ask the authors to, oh, can you make uh, a little informative video for something? And then it just totally accelerated, like way too fast, I think. Um, and I just, I just don't want to interact with food in that way. That's just like, it's like silly, I guess, from a financial standpoint, but it mm -hmm. seems A, really saturated and B, like, not fun that just seems like so much work it sounds yeah. exhausting yeah the the return on investment to uh taking that much time to to make those recipes like the like the, mm -hmm. the tiktok recipes like claire's always like i got some you know uh cottage cheese brownie recipe from this tiktok <laughs> and she'll like keep watching yeah. the video and i'm like why don't you like just write that down you can just write it down and you don't have to look at that video ever again um and it's just like not a good medium for it but it yeah just, it you have to people. and then you it's, press your screen yeah <laughs> yeah hold it yeah um yeah like it, it's a good way to access people i will like... say though youtube youtube was is actually like totally instrumental into how i cook like i find that really mm -hmm. helpful for learning how to cook things you know people take their time and it is stylistic and it's not like mm -hmm. so in your face and like aggressive right. how they do things um, so I would recommend that to people who want to, like, start cooking. Mm -hmm. um, but that's also kind of, like, to bring it back to the zine stuff, I remember someone talking about trying to get a cookbook deal, and they were talking to a publisher, um, and they said that you had to have, like, this many followers, and so you better start posting a ton of video content, like, a video a day. Um, and I just, like... You know, I, I've always wanted to have a cookbook, but, like, I don't want to do <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I, it's, it's bad. I know it's, like, not beneficial to me to, like, not be doing these things, but I just find it really, like, I don't know if distasteful is the word. It's just kind of, like, kind of, like, whacked. Yeah, <laughs> You sure. know? Yeah. It's just not fun. It's not like being, like, the kid at Jiro's sushi oh. shop where you're, like, you're cutting the the cake for yeah. eight years until you perfect it. It's just it's entirely just doing busy work. Mm -hmm. um, so that I mean, mm -hmm. to me, it's like it's it's the publisher's job to sell the book, and they've figured out how to move that yeah. onto the person creating the content as well. Like you get the photography, yeah. you write everything, and then also your base is the people we sell it to. It's like wait, no, then you should be paying me a lot more. Yeah, because I'm doing all of the yeah marketing. exactly, and it's like. Like, I, I collect cookbooks, too, like, vintage cookbooks. Um, mm -hmm. I look at I look at a lot of cookbooks. You know, like, a white lady in the 1970s could write an entire book, like, a best-selling book on, like, Chinese food, okay, you know? And she would get it published. And she didn't have to do any of the photos. She probably didn't have to do very much of the cooking, even for, like, <laughs> recipe testing. Like, it's just totally different now. Like, you're expected to do everything. Yeah. It just sounds so overwhelming, and that is, for me, like, the reason I started, I just felt like d having a cookbook was so far out of reach because I didn't want to do a lot of this other stuff that went with it. Um, so I just, I was just like, I'm just going to put this stuff together. I'm a graphic designer. I'll do it myself and just print it, mm -hmm. you know, see who wants to buy one. And it did really well, like, last Christmas. It was just this tiny eight-fold zine you know, like an actual, like, classic zine style. Um, and, yeah, people seem to really like it, which was so nice. <laughs> I mm -hmm. haven't, you know, I've made, like, zines before. Um, a lot of my friends are in that kind of 
comics community and stuff. So it's just, you know, putting together my skills uh, design-wise with cooking, it's been really nice. Um, and I also have, like, yeah, the Patreon. Uh, although I will say, like, the way I cook, it's very improvisational. So mm -hmm. uh, it has been kind of a struggle to do <laughs> Patreon recipes. But it is still good. I still love doing it. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was a professional cook, I would post stuff to Facebook, you know, that I had made. And people would be like, oh, like, can you, can you get that recipe? Like, what is the recipe? I'd like to cook that. And it's like, ah. Like, I know. You know, like, you know, like these, like, four things that everybody's supposed to know? Yeah. Like, do those with this slight variation. <laughs> yeah. like, I like a really vague recipe, too, when it comes to certain things. Like, not baking, I guess, but, like, yeah, cooking is yeah, just, like, yeah. do whatever. Yeah, very into vibes-based cooking. Like, mm -hmm. it, it is, exactly. uh, it smells good, it's probably good. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely its own skill to, yeah, to write a recipe like that, where you're, where, you know, <clears throat> my wife likes to cook different things, and I, I do too still, but, you know, when I'll read a lot of recipes, it won't be like describing the correct things that you need to look for, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, I think like learning that kind of writing really melds those two skills of, you know, you have to be a good, good writer, but then you also have to, you know, it's more useful to explain, like, how the onions need to look before you add the next right. ingredient. Right. Or, say, yeah. or how they smell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cook these onions for two minutes. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. what about if they were, a, you know, you know, what about if they cranked the heat accidentally? Yeah. What about, you know, they didn't use it enough or, so yeah, I, I yeah, I remember writing a few like that and, and, and that having to kind of be like, okay, like, make sure I kind of you know, can help the person learn totally. to do something along the way so they can get to that point that they, yeah. you know, if I was just like, oh, yeah, like make normal gnocchi, but like add, you know, use such and such flour instead, like then they wouldn't need me to write them a recipe on how to make the gnocchi part, you know. Mm -hmm. No, I so. totally agree. Yeah, I feel like um, using like I know why people want exact time times for things and stuff like that, but like. I think it's so indispensable to know how things kind of should be and according to your preference too like it yeah like mm -hmm. you said like how onions should uh look in the pan and smell and like kind of the texture of them and stuff like knowing mm -hmm. what stages everything is at is so much more important than like you know getting stuff following a recipe exactly my yeah. like my mind for cooking changed <laughs> when I was looking up a curry recipe and I looked at the comments and the first comment was this is entirely fucking wrong here's how to do it and it was just the <laughs> the worst paragraph ever but I oh no but I, however no but they were right they were right they were like <laughs> they're like you're making curry like you need to put your spices in the oil like you oh yeah put the spices in at the end like this is the whole fucking point. Mm -hmm. So, you yeah. know, then it's just like, okay, when I'm making my pasta sauce, I need to put the spices in at the beginning. I, mm -hmm. want, I want that shit to express and come out, and I want that flavor yeah. to be there. So it's like the the basics of building flavor are, you know, can be learned, and they're not That's, even in the food channel. Oh, totally. The food network That's why the... The American Test Kitchen people are so good. Right. Oh, yeah, they are really good. Yeah. Their YouTube videos are very good. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that they had some sort of scandal that I think they're supposed to be canceled for, but I really? can't remember what it is. 
I want to say it was something with not paying people or oh. something like that, but oh, I might, well, maybe that was. Went... I think that was Bon Appetit, wasn't it? Yeah, well, but, yeah, yeah. They, I, they had yeah, a they I had don't... a whole thing where they were they were paying their their non-white staff. Um, yeah, yeah. Last yes, year. that's right. Yeah, and yeah. Anybody, anybody with a spine left. Um, yeah. Anyways, that was um, crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, like, what are you trying to do? Like, what is your what what kind of your goals? You kind of mentioned like kind of I guess your personal goals in terms of like wanting to like kind of put your skills together into something uh, that you could share with other people. But like, what is uh, I guess your kind of mission statement for uh, the creation outside of that? Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know if I've thought about the it that hard. Yes, yeah, the job interview question. Yeah, like on some on some <laughs> level, I have thought about that, but I don't really think about it when I'm doing yeah. this stuff. Well, it's um. Melanie, well, I guess what are you trying to share? What are you What are you trying to share with people when you? Share yeah, them? um, I think it's actually kind of contradictory that I'm writing recipes, um, because I really want to encourage people to cook on their own and be comfortable on their own and comfortable mm -hmm. with improvisation. Like there are a lot mm -hmm. of people I know who use the um, fresh prep stuff, like the meal kits and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. yeah, I get that too, but it's like, that shit's expensive. Yeah. Like I yeah. could never afford that. Yeah. Um, so I'm not I just think that they're, capers. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I think like, I just, I want people to kind of interact with food in like a very, like on a slower level, I guess, you know, like social media kind of just pushes things at you a lot. There's not even just like the cooking aspect of social media. There's also like the restaurant kind of industry mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in that either. Um, so it's, it's more just like, yeah, like you said, vibe based cooking. I think that's an, that's like a perfect encapsulation of like what I want out of this and to like share yeah. it's just like yeah it's if you're not enjoying it it's so pointless right it's mm -hmm. really like yeah that's where i came to just like my my comfort dish is just like um i love making a chicken parmesan sandwich um oh nice because it's like you're you're making a red sauce you're making a gravy that entire process is very calming uh, you want to drink something while you're doing it. You put music on. It's slow. Yep. It's very, like, there's sounds, there's sights, there's smells. It's it's very visceral. And I love that. And then, yeah. You know, yeah, and then, I got And then you make the, um, then I, like, you know, chop up some garlic and make a garlic butter and, you know, broil everything. Oh, wow. And so it's like everything is very, uh, I don't know, uh, sorry, sensual in the process of making that that meal for me <laughs> but it's just easy and it's very yeah. vibe based and there's like no pressure i know exactly how to time everything out um, yeah but you know there's, i got there's really a handful into of cooking on my i got really into cooking on my rocket stove with a wok for a oh, right. summer yeah what's and, a rocket uh, stove uh so right. like it's like kind of a it, it's kind of a survivalist stove but it is really okay. uh, it is really the um, kind of the design for like what most of the world cooks on because oh, you know, most okay. of the world cooks on open yeah. fire. So it's basically just a big tube and you feed it from the bottom. And so oh, nice. it's like a okay. very efficient way of burning. And okay. so I bought a wok and I was like, oh, like, 
I'm like, because I was, I saw, you know, I did actually start with those videos, but it was like all those videos of those like Chinese dudes, like in the mm-hmm. country, like mm-hmm. chopping shit up and whatnot. Some of the and best I was channels like, out there. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm like, I gotta get into that shit. So I, yes, yeah, so I got <laughs> in, bought a walk, and was doing that for a while. And I tried some really interesting, uh, you know, Szechuan specifically dishes that I hadn't really been familiar with, and I learned <clears throat> learned about different aspects of. Uh, you know, South Asian cooking that, you know, I, well, I worked in the restaurant, of course, everybody was on David Chang's nuts. So right. you know, oh, I was yeah. very, very used to, which that guy is certainly canceled. Uh, <laughs> like, but, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, like, so I was very familiar with kind of this like urbane Korean fusion thing, but it was kind of cool mm. to learn learn about yeah, these new, yeah. new dishes yeah because there's so much out there like i'm learning yes. new stuff all the time it's great it's really really cool yeah and i got to learn so that's one thing social media is good for I guess. yeah yeah i got to learn a really exciting uh way of of trying to read chinese characters uh on on all the food stuff too like i had to had to buy stuff that did not have english on it so that was that made me kind of oh, feel yeah. like an Indiana yeah. Jones kind of situation, I guess. <laughs> so. people, like, yeah, you have to go to, like, specialty stores and stuff. People oh, yeah. Gotta yeah. Get, on the, uh, get on the Mang Chi videos. She's the queen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. But really yeah, easy, the, too. Yes. Cooking on the open fire, that was, that was like, one of the... I, you know, I've, I've always struggled with getting back to passion to cook after I left the restaurants. And oh, wow. that was kind of the... That was kind of the that was kind of one that was like, Oh, like this is like a process. And like, I really had to like, you know, I had to have all the meat set. Cause once you set the fire, like, you know, it's, it's time to time to go. And so yeah. it was fun to kind of, kind of have so to cool. make your own fire and stuff. Yeah, it was cool. It was, it's fun. I, I should probably do it again sometime. It's just been 9 billion degrees. this summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's, but it's good to, I think that people get, like I was thinking today about like all the energy people use for shit. Like, Oh, I need to reheat this in the air fryer. I need to reheat this in the microwave. Oh my God. And just like to what end? Like, well, how much, how much better is this shitty thing that you reheated it than if you would have just eaten it cold? Like, but, but, it, but it's just like, it, it brings forward just the idea of like, it's not bad to have process in your cooking. Like it's, there's so many things that we just fumble through. Mm-hmm. Like the, the work day yeah. for most of us is just this like blackout. So having these tasks to get lost in is, I mean, it's human and yeah, sitting around a fire to cook. I mean, that's, that's as far back as we can remember going. <laughs> it's like, I mean, like, or like eating a chicken wing. Why is it so great? Like, because we would have been, <laughs> the three of us would have been around a fire picking bones. You know? Yeah. Um, I did feel I, like Pang's like eye for sure. Oh, wow. <laughs> I do feel, I do feel like, you know, the way that I cook and like, you know, we can talk about this stuff, but it is a luxury to have the time to be able to cook. You yeah, know, absolutely. a lot of, absolutely. a lot of my, I'm a freelancer, so I'm just, I can do this multiple times a week. But yeah, if, I, I would encourage people to just, if you're really busy, like even just one day where you're like thinking about what you're going to make and stuff like that and mm-hmm. something you know you'll really enjoy, like I think that would make like such a huge difference if you're interested in cooking. Yeah, that's, we, um, Dan and I like started a, a nonprofit for, you know, uh, trying to figure out like how can we use our stupid skills to help with people, you know, 
living in food deserts or oh, wow, yeah. nutrition and stuff like that. And it's really hard to figure out because it's like, well, we can mm-hmm. train people to cook. It's like, well, what if their stove doesn't work? They don't have a stove. They don't have yeah. a plate. Like, how do you, how do you bring meals mm-hmm. to people that, that, you know, energy is not necessarily, uh, cook clean, clean cooking energy is, I guess, the term. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not always a thing or, you know, you have multiple kids and you don't have time and you work multiple jobs or you're on the bus for yeah. like two or three hours a day. And like, it's just, it's, it's not a given that you have time to do that. And I think that's why primarily the people, you know, that make their own pasta are like, uh, small business tyrant dads, you know, who can <laughs> fuck off from work and like, smoke a cigar and drink wine and like, yeah dinner until 9 p.m and it's just like he doesn't fucking care he has no challenges in the world Um, Mm -hmm. you can't tell him that but like realistically (laughs) he gets everything yeah no um you know and and yeah i mean that's the nice thing about work from home is you can plan some of that stuff out but again if you've never worked in a kitchen like planning out how long things take and landing things together is really difficult it's not very easy to do um oh yeah like and i learned that and okay, this is also a thing. Um, here in Vancouver, almost everyone has electric stoves. Yes. Um, and then when I was in California, um, everyone has gas stoves, which to me is crazy because I, wish. I, I know a lot of people, I, it's great, but it's like I know a lot of people are like very scared of their gas stoves and just don't want to cook. We call them freedom stoves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I remember that I haven't heard anything about it in a while, but there is a lot of discourse about like why are you oh, have yeah. gas stove? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so anyway, that's gone. Yeah. Um, as with anything. Yeah, no, it, it is definitely hard. Yeah, that is that's that is uh, you know another challenge that's interesting to bring up is that it is hard to teach people, you know, especially when, you know, a lot of these, <clears throat> I guess, kind of what you could consider classic dishes or whatever. Um, or even just kind of the food that you would want to make if you were taking the time is the ingredients are very expensive and Mm -hmm. if you fuck up, like you're going to feel like a jackass because you just spent $60 and then you fucked it all up. Um, yeah, and it is very easy to fuck up when you don't have that kind of equipment yeah. too. Um, yeah. You know, I, I you fuck know, up so much more with an elect- shitty electric most, stove that I have. The most expensive curry you ever make is the first curry you ever make. Because if you don't have <laughs> all those ingredients, you're, I mean, it's the most expensive yeah. dish and you probably did fuck it up. Because um, Or it's confusing. like, you know, I mean, what's his face? You know, Gordon Ramsay, you know, he is always pushing his like pro beef Wellington agenda. Which, you know, Steve Wellington is fucking delicious. Like, I'm not going to... I will great. never... I don't think I'm ever going to make that. I don't care enough. <laughs> right. But it's like... I remember watching One Kitchen Nightmare or whatever. The, the, the chef... Yeah. This Master Chef. Master Chef. Or, oh, like, okay. I was like... I spent, like, months, like, working on the Gordon Ramsay Beef Wellington recipe. And it's like... Dude, that you like spent like three grand, like learning yeah. something that like no that people like a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> like I know, know that's insane. Yeah. Like it's... just buying beef tenderloin over and over again is crazy. Yeah, like a whole fucking beef tenderloin. That's a basically. sickness. The easiest way to make beef beef Wellington is to go to the French restaurant in town and order. Yeah, and they'll, yeah, already, frozen. Have, they'll already have a Bernays, and it's good. I, I even grew tarragon in the yard because I was like, man, it would be sick. Oh, nice. It's like, it'd be sick to have my own tarragon to make Bernays. Like, I, I, like yeah. I can't get anybody to take it. 
It's prolific. Oh, it's a prolific I, bush. I would absolutely take some because I never get, I never buy it, and it's, I always have a hard time growing it actually. But oh god, I, oh well. yeah, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned like freelancing and stuff. I mean, how mm-hmm. does how does cooking and and having sort of the autonomy to come at that at your own pace and make that what you want kind of mesh with yeah. doing design work in a freelance world where you're still creating but like your autonomy is less and the outcomes are more bastardized and yeah you know, to, to different ends i mean honestly i wouldn't be able to have the patreon or cook or do a lot of these little uh projects if i worked full-time but I'm very, yeah, I'm very lucky that I can do it. The problem is that I am not making very much money. <laughs> I'm always looking for jobs. Um, I So I used to work um, contract for this insurance company. Um, best gig I ever had because all it was was like typesetting forms in five-point font, just like the <laughs> tiny font insurance forms that you would get. Um, That was, like, my favorite job ever. And I just, like, it's impossible work to find. Like, um, but that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. And it's just, like, I can't get anything like that. So I'm just, like, okay, I'll do, uh, yeah, I'll do your logo. You know? Um, I'll do a lot of this other stuff. Um, Yeah, so this is, if yeah, I would not be able to do it if I was um, making the kind of money that I would like to make, let's say. Um, I don't know if this is something, like, I think a lot of people who are in the food influencer sphere, they have really high goals, right? Um, And a lot of people do make it, I guess, but it's like, I don't know how sustainable that platform is anyway. I have no desire to be, like, a food influencer. Um, I don't really have an ultimate goal with this stuff. I would just like to keep making little recipe books that would be great um yeah and i ultimately i kind of would like to have some maybe cooking workshops but yeah i don't know covid is kind of weird with that stuff so right right um just all kind of open for me it's very open-ended for me still i wanted to have like this was my idea before the pandemic because i was like man i'd love to have a community space you just like Mm-hmm. like there can be a kitchen people can use it for ghost kitchens to prep their totally. food trucks and then like at night you have cooking classes and there's a wood shop and all these things and you can have shows there and sell beer whatever but like it's you know obviously that <laughs> that takes a bunch of shit i don't have yeah um it probably only makes sense in like you know some sort of small seasonal town where you have weird art people but also like it's cheap yeah. enough to get a building um but it's it's hard and and i think that there's obviously it works but like um you know i see the um the butcher collective and you know they're pushing their workshops all the time and nice yeah you have but you have to be like hustling on that you're you're oh yeah constantly you're you're pushing and pulling and trying to get people to do that or you have to do a fucking group on god forbid yeah um or or whatever to get people to show up and um it's yeah it just it's just hard it's hard to it is i mean right now specifically it is so hard to do anything like that like rent is insane where i live mm-hmm. and yes. where everyone lives um food prices i have never seen them this high in my life 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's kind of terrifying, actually. <laughs> um, and it's just, yeah, there's, it's like they're trying to keep us, this is very tinfoil hat, but it's like they're trying <laughs> to keep people apart from each other. You know, like we can't have communities anymore almost. It's, it's, it's really difficult. <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah, I, I say tinfoil hat, but it's like, I believe that. You know, it's it's really, it's very kind of sad at this point. So well, I am very grateful that people are even reading the stuff that I do and taking part in it. It's really cool. I guess kind of circle back here, you know, to how you were talking about social media influencing how you do things. It's like, <clears throat> that's why I think it's so, you have to be so careful with how you engage, you know, with your hobbies and whatnot on social media, because it is very tempting to quickly turn it into like what a lot of people want and Mm -hmm. makes you money, but then you're completely isolated from the thing that you were kind of trying to bring yourself together with, which social media can also do, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's, it's definitely a difficult thing to balance when you kind of want the exposure and you maybe want to do something, you want to be able to do it for money, but then you're going to lose so much of yourself. Oh, absolutely. I I feel like that's really kept me from wanting to do it. It's just, I'm really bad at updating my Instagram in general. (laughs) Um, But it's just like, I, I don't really, I think I've, I'm old enough now to realize that like, I don't want to, do a creative I don't want to do creative work a hundred percent of the time you know like I'm I'd be very happy to just have nine to five email job or something um Mm -hmm. you know that's that's how you pay the bills like there's no other way to pay the bills at least for for me right now um and it's yeah I I think I don't know how people don't get burnout already from doing a video every every day or every couple of days Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very surprising to me. I mean, I, I, um, I, I think you just get caught up in the um, the likes. <laughs> you get caught up and read, and and you know, it's like there's so much data available. Like I've I've worked in, I've been a data analyst. I've handled large data sets. I've done mm-hmm. I've done analysis to decide which what should and shouldn't go in emails to customers. And the idea that a person making videos in their kitchen is using those insights to do anything is fucking hilarious to me like the idea mm-hmm. that people are using the data to any meaningful way is just like i studied statistics in grad school i like have done data and analysis for companies it's nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about you get three, <laughs> you get three data scientists in a room and they have server racks full of data and they don't know what any of it means and the idea that it's powerful is fucking funny um, yeah but and it'll change in six months anyway right mm-hmm. right um but at the end of the day you're just using it to send people emails or pop or like push <laughs> notifications you know what i mean um, yeah but but it's the, but it's the trick and they give you that stuff to trick you into having the autonomy and getting you to uh, commit to being the lady who puts Sherbert in the toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. Post those videos to whatever yeah. ends. Somebody must be sending them business emails. I have no idea. But it's 
it feels like shit. Really dark. And it's very dark, yeah. It, and yeah, I, extremely. And I think that's why people love when Jeremy just posts a sandwich, right? They're just like, oh, shit, <laughs> Jeremy made a sandwich. Uh, he's just yeah. like, I made a sandwich. And people are like, I don't make sandwiches. Or like, through the thank you chef thing, people think we cook constantly. It's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really don't cook constantly, but more than other people, apparently, you know? So it's... Um, yeah. It's a and you're not thing. using paper plates, right? Uh, not unless there's gas. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. I've just like seen a lot of paper plates in people's like everyday cooking stuff, and I'm like very, very confused about it. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's the compromise for inviting like twelve Twitter people over to the yard. Is I'm like, okay, Claire, we can use paper plates, so you don't have to... that. That Nobody makes sense. Anytime, yeah, anytime you have that, that makes sense. But it's like you know, everyday use, a little scary. Um, but yeah. I, so in short, like, I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't think social media influencers do either. Um, yeah, it's just been, it's just fun. You know, that's what, that's what the hobby, hobbies are. It's like you do it because it makes you feel good because you're taking care of yourself somehow. Beautiful. Exactly. What, what are you doing the rest of the week to take care of yourself? Um, well, I do have to do a couple of Patreon videos or not videos, sorry, uh, recipes. Um, <laughs> So I might you, try and get you, some. Now you corrupted yourself. Yeah, I know. Don't put that idea in my head. Um, I'm gonna try and get some oysters, maybe. Oh shit. I've, yeah, I, I, there's like oyster happy hour here, like right by me, and it's like a dollar an oyster. So yeah, good. I went to one the other day too. Nice. Yeah, it's 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 good. Yeah. It's good. I did try to go running right after it, which. Was oh my god. <laughs> not the smartest thing I've ever oh, done. Wow. I was like, my hangover feels a little bit better. I'm going to go run. And then I was like, ooh, <laughs> man, I unlocked a new chamber of oh, hungover. Jesus. But... <laughs> mm. wow. Anyways, well, uh, yeah, I guess, why don't you let everybody know what this Patreon is and where they can find you and things like that. Oh, um, so the Patreon is Rabbit Ear Kitchen, and that's just where I post... Um, a few recipes a month and I'm going to be working on this uh summer summer kitchen zine like for the next couple weeks hopefully get it printed by September um and yeah I'm gonna put that online for sale just a little Wait. little thing with like seven recipes in it mm -hmm. yeah we've got one next door Thomas Keller cookbook it's beautiful oh nice we love it very nice yeah I I love the idea of a cooking zine that like really, really, really tickles a lot of my, a lot of my interests. Oh, cool. So, I'll send you one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Melanie. And, uh, we'll see everybody later. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Bye.